You're listening to Divine Conversations, Episode 3. Welcome to Divine Conversations. I'm your host, Layla, and this podcast is intended to inspire, empower, and provide practical tools to heal, raise your awareness, and elevate your consciousness so that you can embody your higher self and live your ideal life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Divine Conversations. Today's episode is very exciting and is somewhat of a continuation of where we left off in episode two with Dr. Vanessa Lapointe. If you haven't listened to that episode, I highly suggest you do. If you're a parent or are thinking and hoping of becoming one, it's an absolute must uh, conversation and a topic to um, just bring into your awareness because um, there's nothing like uh, healing yourself first to then be able to raise conscious, aware, loving and free beings that can, um, you know, be free to live their lives and fulfill their missions that they come to earth to fulfill. So today's conversation will be with Dr. Vanessa Lapointe and her wonderful partner in life and in business, David Loist. And it's interesting how this happened. This interview was not planned originally. And, uh, you know, in the episode with Dr. Vanessa, I shared how, um, you know, how we connected and how the interview happened. And she was in Toronto visiting on a book tour. And I went down to meet with her in, um, you know, at the hotel she was staying at. And I met uh, Dr. Vanessa and and David at the uh, hotel lobby. And, you know, I knew David already from uh, the same summit that I met, uh, or I discovered Dr. Vanessa on, which is um, called Beyond Parenthood Summit. And so when I heard his interview there, I made a note as well to um, interview him as well for the podcast because of uh, there was just something special about his energy and the topic he was sharing and, you know, the work that they are doing together with Parenting 2.0, which is just this new and improved sort of upgraded way of parenting, uh, a more conscious, a more science-based approach to parenting. And so again, this being a very, the very passion and the very uh, heart and the root of my mission in life, um, you know, to raise consciousness for humanity, I knew that I had to talk with him as well. So, you know, it was divinely orchestrated that we meet then. And, you know, again, we were not planning on doing the interview with him as well, but it so happened that he was free. And I, you know, I let him know that one day I would love to interview him as well. And he said, well, I'm free today and you're here. So why don't we, um, you know, set it up right after the interview with Vanessa. And so we did just that after we finished our episode with Dr. Vanessa, then we had, um, you know, the two of them join me and we sort of continued the conversation and we talk about, you know, the work that they're doing with, again, Parenting 2.0, what that all means. They both share their challenges with, um, you know, challenges and also ways of managing, um, you know, blended families and co-parenting, co-parenting your own children and co-parenting if you are um, parenting, you know, Um, other people's children so to speak like um, you know your partner's children 
and all of the ups and downs that come with that. And David is also was very open and honest about you know, his own challenges and struggles with parenting and uh, just a really, really awesome uh, conversation. He shares his process of, um, you know, how he handles his triggers and there's a lot of good stuff in here. So I'll just read a little bit about his bio and then we'll dive right into the episode. So David has been studying and teaching about parenting for over 30 years as a speech language pathologist and autism consultant, and he's been practicing with his own children for more than 20 years. Um, he's uh, He noticed uh, the common behaviorist parenting techniques of consequences and timeouts that he initially was advocating did not work for his children, and so um, instead they seem to cause an increase in anxiety and stress and a breaking down of relationships, which ultimately leads to shutting down of their social and emotional development. So these observations led Mr. Loist to the study of development, developmental attachment parenting and the implications for educational environments. And uh, beyond his professional practice, um, David also noticed as a parent that he didn't always implement what he intended, which, of course, you know, happens when we are triggered. And so he would catch himself and, uh, you know, he would catch himself saying or doing something to his children that he knew was not right. And it inspired him to sort of learn about the workings of his own mind and how to care for himself so that he could truly lead and care for his children from an empowered place. And so over the past five years, David David has continued to do his own inner work, which he shares a lot uh, about in this episode of uh, his process and 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 uh, a lot of wonderful takeaways so uh, that's uh, about David and of course um, you know again if you haven't listened to the episode with Dr. Vanessa Lapointe I'll just do a brief little bio um, because I truly truly wish that you would listen to that first before you come to this episode because that will give you an insight into um the work that um, she's doing and the wonderful books that she's sharing with the world. And so just a bit about uh, Dr. Vanessa again. So she is a mom and a registered psychologist, uh, parenting educator and a best-selling author, an international speaker and a regularly invited media guest. She's founded the Wishing Star uh, LaPointe Developmental Clinic and has been supporting children and families for over 20 years. And yeah, without further ado, I'm excited to dive into this episode with you, or for you to dive into this episode. And as we do, I welcome you to open your mind, bring your awareness from your head down into your heart, and listen with the ears of your soul. All right, welcome to another episode of Divine Conversations. Today, we are, I'm sitting down with my favorite human, uh, Dr. Vanessa Lapointe, once again, yeah. part two, and her wonderful partner in life and in business and mm-hmm. work that you shared together, David Loist. This is sort of a spontaneous interview uh, because David happened to have been here for uh, with Vanessa on her book tour, and uh, we just and I originally heard both of your interviews on 
a summit called the Beyond Parenthood Summit, and I knew that I had to talk to both of you. I just felt guided to. So it just divinely worked out that you're here and you're, you wanted to be part of this as well. So, um, so we're sitting down and we're going to um, share about the work that you're doing and the work that you're doing together, which uh, if you heard the previous episode, you know that I'm deeply passionate about this as well. Um, and I want as many people as possible to hear and know about this revolutionary shift in consciousness that this work can bring to someone's mind and their life. So welcome to the show. I'm very excited to now have the dynamic of the feminine and the masculine, <laughs> as you put it, which is awesome. So yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank um, you. So if we could start with just if you could share a little bit about just, you know, your story and um, kind of your personal story a little bit and just your professional um, journey and how you got to where you the work that you're doing. Yeah. So um, I grew up in northern Ontario. Um, <clears throat> my parents were married very young because I came along. So my dad was 19 and my mom was 18. Oh my. Children. And yeah, right? <laughs> absolutely. I mean, my kids are 22 and 20 now. Uh, and I think and I even I remember thinking that when I was that age, like, oh, I was going to have a kid like, oh, my goodness. And so um, I think I, I probably had a fair amount of compassion. And uh, whenever they would trigger me or whenever I would be angry with them, I would be like, oh, forgive and forget. Um, and and yet that never really <laughs> that never really took mm. um, uh, my my parents are really lovely people. And um, one of the things that I've learned in, in my healing is that when you heal with your parents, mm. your whole life can work. Mm. Um, and so uh, in the last, I would say, five years um, that I've been going inside, my relationship with my parents is completely transformed. And it's not because they've changed in any way, but I see it completely differently. You see them differently, right? I, yeah. I actually see them. Yeah. I was For just who they are and their pain. Mm, and that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and also because I can I can see through that and I don't see them through my relationship. Um, I have a lot more joy. I was just up there um, yeah. this past weekend, and I it was saying so Vanessa, beautiful there too, right? Oh, this time of year. Oh my gosh! The trees, yeah. oh. and um, I was saying to to Vanessa that it's it's like I'm meeting my mom and my dad oh. for the first time. Every time I meet them, I just see them more clearly. It's so beautiful. Um, yeah, it's, it's so it, beautiful. It's really lovely, and this concept of um, attachment parenting. Uh, that applies to us as well. Mm -hmm. That that when we can uh, see and and um, realize the relationship that that is there, then we can lean on them. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, um, my daughter called and needed to speak to me, and and she was going through a challenging time, and uh, she would talk to me about going to counseling, and I said, you know, that's something that I've experienced, and many people do, and and of course I'll support you in that. Let me know how, um, and being there for. Uh, her as a dad mm -hmm. and then I was sad it was my girl of course, you know? of course. Um, and so I spoke to Vanessa about it but then I also called my mom and my dad mm. and told them and uh, it I might not have got exactly the advice that I that resonated with me but it didn't matter 
it was I could lean on them. The and fact that you felt that you could turn to them, right? right. That's and huge. The, the yeah. only reason I felt that was because I had shifted the way I thought about that. Right. Um, was it always like that? Oh, Did you turn no. to them? No. Right? <laughs> See? So that in and of itself no. is a huge shift. No, right? I mean, I think of like my father, bless him. And it, talk about a mirror. Um, he would come out for about a week. And I would literally count the minutes and the seconds. Uh, he lives in Northern Ontario, and I, at that time, lived on Vancouver Island until he left. It was mm. just so hard, and it was such a struggle. We're so triggered constantly, oh, right? Like, literally constantly. Right, right. Like, there's a line, I think it's Rob Das that said, if you think you're conscious, go spend a week with your family. <laughs> or That's the real the, test, oh, Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, and uh, and so, so it, it was very challenging for me. And then I remember moving through and then having some experiences with him uh, where I could really see his struggle and mm -hmm. I could feel my trigger and I could notice it using my mind sight and then some of the the tools that I'd been given to work that in in myself mm -hmm. during that time mm -hmm. and then feeling it shift in me and not being triggered and then just seeing him and his woundedness mm -hmm. in the situation that was being brought up for him and the challenge of that so yeah. um, so I guess that's probably you know that that's uh, where I came from and where I ended up in between um, I I'm a speech pathologist by training and so learned lots about child development and you know what a what a joy to be able to sit on the floor and play with kids for many years the best job in right? the world like, seriously. <laughs> you play for a living I know right <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. that was great. amazing and then also a lot of the the work that that I have done is in homes mm -hmm. um, and so I get to see uh, how the dynamic right yes, the family dynamic that's right, right. and the parenting and right. I remember my first job before I had kids there was uh, this uh, really lovely m mother and son and he had a he was like so challenged by his articulation mm. you couldn't even understand him oh my gosh um, and so I was doing this work with him and then I was talking to the mom and saying okay now practice these things when you go home and uh, this little boy wanted his mom's attention and she how looked old was at, he mm, four mm. And she looked at me and said, just a second, David, I, I'll need to talk to my son. And I was like, are you kidding, lady? Like, I, come on, we're right. clock here. <laughs> uh, you know, like, deal with this later. Right. Uh, but she dealt with it for like a minute and just looked at him and th there was a resonance there. And then he went off and played uh, and we were able to talk for Amazing. another 10 or 15 minutes. Good for that mom, right? Right, right. Yeah. Like, just like, okay, you know, hey, the priority. <laughs> yeah, exactly. priority is yeah. the child's well-being. That's right. amazing. My hat's off to all parents that oh. do that, like really see their kids yeah. and yeah. put them before everything and anything right. else. And you could see right? how well-behaved he was. Right, because he, saw, he was seen in that moment, right? Completely. And understood. Yeah. yeah. And then my next session was uh, with a, uh, a family in their home, and the TV was on, and um, the, this child, as soon as I walked in, wanted to talk to me but the parent wanted to talk to mm. me and so she just kept on saying off you go like come on yeah. and then look at oh, like you right. won't listen to me right. and then she got louder and yelly shoutier mm. and the more um the more against him if you will the more he right. pursued us of course uh, right because right. he's course. just trying to get attention exactly. like see me i'm here i'm right. over here right. right and all attention seeking right. is attachment seeking right 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 so mm. so you could see in those moments where this one little kid 
sought attention, attachment, got it, was got his his bucket filled up, right. and then he just went off. That's it. This other little guy was constantly in pursuit. It was mm. like he was he was only being fed little little drops, and so it was constantly. So pursuing. does it come down to safety then? Like, do is it that mm. we feel safe, secure? Oh, I, I like, think we feel seen and heard. Right. We all want to feel seen right. and heard. Attachment is our greatest need. Right. You know, Vanessa's clinic. Even is as grown-ups, like adults, uh, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And as grown-ups, um, there is a way that that I think, like, if our needs are met as children, then um, then mm. we're not constantly seeking from the outside as mm-hmm. grown-ups. That's the point. Right. Is that we're supposed to grow up so that we're still in connection with all of these people. But I don't need my dad to say or do something for me to feel attached to him. I don't need anybody to do that for me to feel um, like I am willing to be the only one to see and hear me. I still have attachment needs, Mm -hmm. but when you get to that willingness, when you get to that place, then you don't need the world to perform in certain ways so that you feel okay. To validate you. That's right. Right. That's right. Right. And if we, you know, theoretically, if we give our kids those things, uh, then then they they feel like... um, they are deserving of love just for being here. Just worthy, right? right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Worthy As opposed because you to exist. I need not to perform in some way. Or exactly. What you are. That's right. Or That's I guess, right. you know, who you truly are, but not what yeah. you become. That's right. Right. Yeah. 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 So um, fast forward, now I, I have children, and all of that learning goes out of the window. <laughs> and I'm saying. All the shadows do- right, come right up, exactly, right? Because <laughs> they're triggering me. Right. And um, and I think I'm I'm great as a parent because my daughter is a dandelion child. She just is a rock star, and she just is growing anywhere. It doesn't really matter the surroundings. And then my son comes along, and he's an orchid child, needs just the right conditions to mm. grow. And uh, uh, that's when I learned. Okay, I have to. I, I love really those analogies, by the way. Any uh, nature analogies, like oh, uh, love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and he didn't go to school. Uh, he has a learning disability, so in grade nine and ten, he really what kind his, of learning disability um, is it? It's it's executive functioning. So he has difficulty in planning. Um, and, and he was uh, born this way, or was it like a oh trauma? Yeah. Born? No, yeah. no, no, no. Like I mean, we were in his preschool. He was three, and mm. the preschool teachers were like, "We need to have a, a family meeting. Uh, <laughs> How do we get him?" Right. Because he he was he just just so can't different. function. Like the brain, something right. in the brain, right? Right. Yeah. It just uh, it was very gifted and mature in some ways, mm-hmm. and that way of planning. And to this day, he's challenged by that. Mm. Um, and so uh, we we were able to. I can imagine the challenge for you as a parent there, mm. right? Yeah, you know, in elementary school, when there's one teacher and 20 to 30 kids. Gosh, that is totally not the right environment mm. for that type of a child, right, right, to learn in. And there's only one teacher. And so um, his mother and I are both speech pass. And so we, we were gifted with incredible teachers, for the most part, um, who were able to adapt uh, and help him through. Mm-hmm. But when he got to high school and now... Each one of those teachers that he goes from class to class has 100, 200 students. Right, he right. just like fell right through the cracks. Of course. Um, and so he thought he was bad, and he thought oh, uh, that he just needed wrong to motivate. Exactly, exactly. Mm, and thing. the system can can make you feel that way, and then you get a parent who says, like I was saying, well, if you don't go to school, you can't do musical theater, which was his oh. love, or if you. Uh, go to school, then I'll give you your phone or you can play oh. on the Xbox, right? So the conditional, the wow, behavior is yeah. stuck. And all I saw was him ge- becoming declining, more and more depressed. Of course, yeah. And then one day, actually it was interesting, it was after my father uh, 
had visited and my son was literally depressed so he didn't get up oh, how and old was he at that time 14 mm. and Gosh, so the challenges of teenagehood for a regular child plus yes. right. the, his right. own right. share of stuff right and uh so my dad was there and he was uh um, my son was staying at his mom's place, so my dad and I were going to pick him up for lunch. I knew we weren't going to do brunch or breakfast. It was going to be lunch right. so he could sleep because right. that's all he did. Mm -hmm. But he didn't get up for that brunch, and my dad had traveled across the country to see him, and so my dad had a lot of things to say about how disrespectful that was mm. and and how, you know, what you should do, Dave, is... Of course. Rah, 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 rah. Of course. And, uh, and, and so I, I just listened to my father. You know, I don't have to change his mind. Right. You know, thank you is <laughs> those two words that I am so blessed to have found when somebody tells me something that... Thank you for I, your feedback. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. And you really right. think this. And that, and that, oh, I get that. Thank uh -huh. you. All you have to do is listen. Right. You don't have to debate. Uh, defense is the first act of war. Right. Right. So when right. I defend, I attack. Right. And now we're at war. I right. can just say thank you and defuse the whole situation. Yeah. So I thought that was good. Um, and then about a week later, my son was really up in his business. He wasn't going to school much. It was a school night. Uh, but we still did the same things. I woke him up or I came in to wake him up at a certain time and we had boundaries and rules around what time you can go mm -hmm. out and what time you have to be home on a school night so at 10 o'clock he said my friends really uh in having a bad time dad you need to drive me over to oh. such and such a place and i sort of sat with at it a little 10. bit yeah <laughs> 10 and, I, and i was like okay so this is what you think and i really get that and uh you feel like she really needs you and uh, I'm not going to drive you there now, and we're not going out. It's, mm. And so he blew up of and course. started yelling and shouting at me. And um, uh, I think, I, you know, I, I listened for a while and accepted that he was frustrated, but there was a little in the back of my head that was like, you ungrateful so-and-so. Of course. And All the sacrifices <laughs> I do for you. Right. right? <laughs> well, and then I had this story from the past week, which I hadn't worked, which I hadn't mm. come to terms with. Mm. So it was still niggling in there. And so out of my mouth before I know it, I was like, are you effing kidding me? Mm. You can't get your butt out of bed to have brunch with your grandfather? Lunch, you know? And now you want me to drive you on a school night? You mm. must be out of your mind. Yeah. Slam the door, right. put my foot down, felt really good for about a step or two. Mm. And then uh, was like, oh, wasn't my best self there and right. was going to atone was going to become at one was mm -hmm. going to connect again mm -hmm. and he uh stormed right by me and then we didn't see him for a couple of hours mm -hmm. and he wouldn't respond on his phone he left the house left the house and um so i i after not being able to connect with him and phoning all of Gosh, all of his friends that must take you to a scary place inside yeah <laughs> yeah i went down and i found him uh along the seawall and his eyes were red from from crying and he Aww. said uh, I said, how you doing? And he said, not very well. And I said, yeah, I get that. I wasn't really happy with myself. He said, yeah, you know, like, I'm no good at school. Oh, Everybody at school really? hates me. My mom hates me. Oh, my gosh. And now you hate me, too. Oh. And I was like, I could, I could literally see his life unfold, that if I continued with this yelly, shouty, take things away, that literally he was going to be on the street and then he was going to be on fentanyl and oh then he was going to be dead wow and so i was really that's uh, powerful oh i'll say and it was literally the greatest gift in my life do you know yeah, absolutely like it i i really it's an awakening moment oh, really truly what yeah. it is 
Yeah. Like bring you to your knees. Mm -hmm. And then you say, okay, yeah, I know what it is to do. Right. But I'm not being, being that. Right. Exactly. And so, so that really, um, my journey then became, how do you continue to do the same things but be different? How do you go into his room in the morning right. and be different? You have to show up in a as your best self. So how do we do yeah. that? What do you do? How do you do that in well, the practical terms? You know, again, this this was uh, <laughs> a fail better next time uh, experience for me. And it went on for weeks. I'd go into his bedroom and I'd have these thoughts about, come on, Ben, you got to get up. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, your mother's going to be on the phone and mm -hmm. man, your school's going to be on the phone right. and they're going to all say I'm a bad guy. And so and much pressure on you as a parent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. And then I realized that none of that had anything to do with me mm. and that I didn't need to take that personally, mm. that I need to go in with um, surrendered action. Do you know? Like Absolutely. I was still going to do Absolutely. the same thing, but whether you... are not you attached to the outcome, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. Right. Whether you get up or not. Right. And one day I went in and I did the same thing, but I had this different feeling, this different being, if you will, because I'd been working it right. uh, over and over again. And I said, hey, buddy, it's 7 o'clock. It's time to get up. All right. Uh, I'm going to come back in at 7.15 and you're going to be up and I'll see you then. And then I left the room and didn't have those thoughts like, oh, he better. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I was kind of like, now what do I want? Detached. Well, yeah, yeah I yeah. want to make a smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went into the, the kitchen and I looked and I had a pineapple there and some orange and some yogurt. And I'm like, oh, then a banana, that would make the best smoothie ever. So I just made this smoothie, <laughs> and it was literally the best smoothie I'd ever Sounds made. Sounds delicious. It yeah. was. <laughs> and so I'm in enough for two, of course. <laughs> I brought it into uh, his bedroom, and I said, it's 7.15, buddy. And I got to tell you, I just made the best smoothie of my life. It's right there. If you want to drink, knock yourself out. And I love you. I'll see you at 7.30. Oh. And then I left again, feeling, oh, now what do I want to do? Actually, I want to clean up the kitchen. You know, I got 15 minutes, and I'll do my thing. And I came back in, and he was sitting up and drinking the smoothie. Now, Ben didn't go to school probably 90% of the time during those days. And here he was awake and drinking the smoothie. And I'm like, oh. It's huge it progress. Oh, right. right? Mm -hmm. And now I, what do I do? I'm not attached to the outcome, but I want to alert him. So what do I do? Mm -hmm. So now uh, we're talking. He's into musical theater. He's the lead in the play. Hey, how's it going? Connection, He's, right? Right. Back to connection. Totally relationship, right. blah, blah, blah. And as we're talking, he's feeling seen and heard for who he is right. I don't have an agenda right. like I have I'm doing this but it's not you need to do this for right. me to feel okay right. and as we're talking he's getting dressed and oh we gosh. get out to the front it's door so simple and oh. so life-changing oh. right. like, like oh my gosh and like can you imagine going into your child's room who hasn't gone to school and feeling either way whether you get up and go to school either way you're perfect no matter what you ever say think or do that's a huge accomplishment for you oh. as a person as a human right you know right especially with your children yeah and then that's where we have the most attachment right. they represent us in some way and right then, in our mind and, and this is probably where i think we could go next as a co-parent mm -hmm. like definitely because you feel like oh I need to do this so that my child will thrive. Yes. And then, oh, but you better be doing it too. Of course. Um, and uh, I, you know, Vanessa and I both co-parent 
with people we don't live with anymore. Mm-hmm. And now we co-parent. That's a whole other level of challenge. Right? I can't even imagine. And we co-parent with children that are not biologically mine. They're my mm, bonus sons. Right. I don't have that natural attachment right, with them. Right. And so uh, we need to build that. So um, What's so, that dynamic like? Let's mm. get into that. Go ahead. You, <laughs> you go ahead. So co-parenting. Mm-hmm. I guess co-parenting your own children and then um, also if you have stepchildren mm-hmm. that are involved, which so many families these days do, right? So I think this can really serve a lot of people um, if they can relate, again, as co-parents to just your own children and beyond. Yeah. So whether you're co-parenting under the same roof or different roofs, mm-hmm. and whether you're co-parenting with somebody with whom you've brought children into the world with, or somebody that's come into your family system after your children uh, have come to you, um, co-parenting's one of those things because we're so deeply attached to, invested in how our children are doing, Mm -hmm. uh, that we have a lot to say about how somebody else is parenting them. Mm -hmm. And that somebody else, uh, in the very same way that our children bring up our stuff for us, that somebody else also brings up our stuff for us. Oh, (laughs) yes. And so, you know, it's a really interesting thing to be walking this journey with David, who is um, uh, on the journey of consciousness and really working to uh, make sense of his life uh, through that lens and perspective, and that I'm on that same journey, making sense of my own life, and that we have come together. Mm-hmm. And between us, we have um, the other parents of our children and um, the people that they may be partnered with. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of parenting figures. There's so many different involved. dynamics and characters and energy to manage, right? Yeah. And there's days that that goes really well and days when that's a little more challenging. There's so many involved. Like just, yeah. yeah, of course. And it's one thing to see those challenges come up. You know, like I might say to you, well, like I sort of expect that they're gonna come up with my boy's dad because he and I are still working towards um, what we call holy relationship. Mm. Uh, and then it's a whole other thing for David and I to be, you know, he lives in in, um, in the home that I had with my two boys uh, and for he and I to be figuring that all out. And when stuff comes How up- How long has it been us, since that's the, taken place? The like, cohabitation? Yes. <laughs> uh, just a year and two months. Oh, mm-hmm. so still pretty fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very fresh still. Honeymoon stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a but lot to figure out. But it's been a wonderful thing to uh, journey that with somebody who... Who's committed to doing the work, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so we both understand our individual, unique, independent roles in that. Mm-hmm. And to have conversation around that has been um, ugh, such a gift. So what would you say would be the, I guess, the foundation when you're both doing the work? Like what is, I can't really articulate it right now, but I hope you understand what I'm saying. Like the foundation for the family dynamic to then build upon in terms of co-parenting. What do you fall back on? What are like the, the pillars, I guess? Yeah, a couple of things for me when I think of that is um, that uh, no one can make me feel anything mm-hmm. against my will. Right. I choose every feeling that I have. Without your permission, right? Right. right. And, right. and so it's all through my lens. Mm-hmm. And so there's a sense of when I'm feeling something, knowing, like even in that moment, you're making me so mad, right. little 
little bonus son or <laughs> you know grown up right. adult or I'm frustrated or you need to like oh wait a second no this is on me mm-hmm. and I need to figure that out so, so I think instead of doing that pointing yeah, out that's right. bring it back to yeah. yourself yeah. right if you ever right. look at somebody pointing a finger you always see that three right. fingers are pointed back right. at them and so I try to right <laughs> bring all the fingers that's yourself. right so what's right. going on for me and um, oftentimes it has it's all to do with me so mm-hmm. it, nobody needs to do anything it's just an opportunity for my growth and, right. and I'm thankful yeah. then, uh, for those people um, and other times there are times where where you take that back and, and you're you're clean about it mm-hmm. and and there is something that you um, feel moved to say mm-hmm. but it's not because it'll make me feel better it's actually uh, for the family mm-hmm. not a, against right as the a child unit or against right. that's right, right. yeah right. Mm-hmm. and and then when someone doesn't like what you have to say that's okay right I could see how you could feel that way that would be really hard uh, a lot of times it, it um, when you're clean if you can really just say how's it going for you how was that for you mm-hmm. uh, and when you're clean um, uh, you can really be a sounding board for that person and really see them compassionately and empathetically like oh, holding yeah. space right mm-hmm. exactly yeah. the yeah. words exactly you just yeah. hold the space for that right. person uh, and that's a tricky thing to do mm-hmm. because most of the time we're at the effect of that and if you if you're not really mindful to really clean up uh, in the meantime then that becomes a, a scoreboarding well you did and you right. and if you would and right, you know right. that kind of stuff so what's your i love because i you you know you really obviously are walking what you're preaching mm-hmm. uh, walking your walk and so what is your personal process because mm-hmm. i feel like you have like a very systematic process that you go through Mm. um, that I feel like could really help someone in the moment like when you catch yourself do you even know if you have a process or like what do you I mean I'm sure you know (laughs) but like what is that if you you don't mind sharing that because I feel like that could be so helpful it's the five steps to peace the Byron Katie process Uh so P is for perception perceive what Dan Dan Siegel would call mindsight Uh and then E evaluate and Uh so the tool of Byron Katie the work of Byron Katie when I have a, a blaming statement or a judging statement to, to really evaluate my thoughts. Mm-hmm. To, I don't have to believe my thoughts. Right, investigate them in That's a sense, right? Right, yeah. Right. right. yeah, to see what, what the truth in that. Right. And uh, um, those statements often, like, um, they come back on, on you, mm-hmm. though you conclude with I statements, and they're often just as true as the he should or she sure. should, and you're like, oh, yeah, right. I should care for myself. I right. should more aware then the the a in peace would be to alleviate to do some of the process work that vanessa alluded to the uh, breath going work breath work right? and yeah. psyche going to circle one of the things that um i love about the work that i'm doing is there is a community of people that meets every week mm-hmm. and for my 20 bucks i can go and mm-hmm. i can work my stuff or i can just witness other people working their mm-hmm. stuff and i i am also uh, an active member and team and supporting other people through that yeah. and so it it uh i'm in the room if you it's will. almost like you're you're the facilitator and the participant all yeah. at the same Complete. time that is Completely. so beautiful Completely. i love that and and in that process i am literally rewiring my brain mm-hmm. like every moment that i spend mm-hmm. thinking about this and looking at this that it, it's actually creating yeah, bringing awareness energy. right it's l- awareness is really just light like you're just bringing yes, all that to the right. light that's right yeah. and i'm literally creating new neural pathways yes. the trigger 
is not necessarily so hardwired. It's the, uh, yeah. And it, it can morph, or I can see it, and I don't need to, to react. Right. So I can be more reflective rather than reactive. Right. And then C is about connecting that to myself. Peace, uh, the C is the process of connecting my intention with my being. And mm -hmm. it doesn't happen right away. Mm -hmm. But I still intend every yeah. time that I fall down, right. I intend to fail better next time. Never tried, yes. never failed. Yes. Never mind. Fail better next time. Right. You know, do it again, do it again. And then when you do that, sometimes you can e bring light to a situation and enlighten. Uh -huh. uh, and that's the last step of the process. Like if you're co-parenting, the last thing you want to do is tell people how they should behave unless you've really walk through those those pieces first yeah. um, and it's a very rare that Vanessa and I do that with each other most of the time we just hold the space mm. and the other person can come to their their light but every once in a while yeah. um, we say what's on our mind and and then and if it comes from that place of uh, enlightenment bringing light to a situation yeah. rather than accusing right. uh, then it has a completely different of course, it's such a different uh, way of approaching the whole situation and what it's about. And it's yeah. really just a gift for all involved to grow, an right. opportunity for growth. So that's thank you so much for sharing that. I know that's going to help a lot. And I love that. It's perfect. Um, so I think we should talk a, a bit about the work that you two do, do together, because I think that's wonderful how you're bringing individual um, gifts that you have and just amplifying that with now the work that you're sharing with the world so if you could go into that i would love to hear more about that one of the first things that i think we created together when we were looking at parenting 2.0 was this concept of the alpha mountain mm -hmm. and we know from attachment parenting that parents are supposed to be alpha and kids are are then uh, supposed to lean on us but what we find uh, when we're working with parents is they often conflate alpha with being a leader and the firm side, um, but they don't have the kind side, the balancing. And so really the, that being an alpha parent means having both at the same time. And it's almost like you're standing on top of a mountain at the point. And when you have the firm and the kind coexisting, then kids feel like, oh, they can lean into you. Right. And be a it'll be a safe place, safe. exactly. Right. Yeah. An embrace, a strong yeah. embrace, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But we don't all always stay at the top of the mountain. Right, and the peak of the mountain, it's, I mean, the, s the slope on either side is very steep. Mm -hmm. And so you must have those two elements, kind and firm, mm. existing in equal measure at the same time, mm. or you will go sliding down mm. one or the other side of the mountain. And usually, if you look at co-parents, whether they're under the same roof or different roofs, um, there'll be one parent that identifies as the Mr. and Mrs. Kind mm. parent, <laughs> and the other parent who identifies as Mr. and Mrs. Firm parent. And Mr. and Mrs. Firm is always saying, well, somebody's got to have rules and boundaries in this house because you'd let them get away with everything. And then the Mr. and Mrs. Kind mm -hmm. parent saying well somebody's got to have heart and compassion in this house because you're so rule bound that you can't go there for them oh that's right? amazing yeah we fit the archetypes in our family for yeah. sure yeah and it's rare that i i find a couple david and i included mm. where 
there isn't sort of a bit of a chuckle about that because right. we all come so which relate. one are you oh, what do you think <laughs> i think you're probably the this the the firm one no, no? i'm the jellyfish the kind, kind one, one. Oh, absolutely okay. when i fall down oh when yeah you fall down. and okay, david yeah. tends to go down the okay. firm side of the mountain no i think because both of you are so balanced that's why i, I can't tell oh, like because i don't know you enough in your down like when you're down you know yeah, you don't know us enough yeah. to trigger us yeah enough. right <laughs> exactly right <laughs> and because you, you bring your best selves like when you're at the top true. of the mountain right when that's you're triggered right. is when you're down and yeah. that's when you know the shut so yeah for sure and the other piece of that is that we have both i i well i speak only for myself but that's been a focus of my mm-hmm. journey as a human is right. to figure converging out those points and what right? is my program that has me falling down the uh-huh. kind side of the mountain uh-huh. right? And, right and to be clear so if firm and kind are on the top that mm. if you fall down the firm side, you get more firm, you get more stern. And you yeah. lose the kind. You, you, and yeah. you lose the connection. That's right. right. Yeah. And you become uh, a bully and you become yelly, shouty. Right. And, and you sometimes set the bar too high. Right. You become punishing. Punishing. Yeah. Uh, constantly. Not where you want to be. <laughs> no, exactly. And what Vanessa said, and it's very true, and this is when I'm down a court, when I haven't cared for myself in right. the right way, right. when I'm triggered that's more likely where of course because your um, needs are not met your inner child is not tantruming right it, exactly yeah. and he needs things to line up otherwise sure. it's not safe yeah um and and vanessa uh has a different experience in those moments of you or of myself of you <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get to the co-parenting let's just get the mountain right and so my program is everybody needs to be happy uh, if ever if i can keep everybody around me happy then i'll be safe uh, and i'll be okay and okay. so i tend to go like just make everybody happy mm-hmm. so just go and erase the boundary go and erase the rule mm-hmm. go and erase the expectation set the bar too low uh, so that we could all just be happy already okay. right and if you think about what david was saying earlier we really do want to invite our children to be able to lean in on us and depend on us and from that leaning in restful mm-hmm. kind of position they can emerge right. into the fullness of who they are meant to become and if you go if you think about a child who has you know a parent on the firm side of the mountain that has tumbled down that side they've given up their kind bits Mm -hmm. and they've become too big with their firm so they've turned into a bully the child isn't going to be leaning in on that parent because the parent is mean it's not safe right so the child is going to right themselves and be moving away from the parent within the context of the relationship that makes so much sense but the same on the other side when you get too big with your kind and you lose the firmness that children that also doesn't feel safe is that correct right well you slide down you're absolutely right you become a jellyfish parent who's spineless Mm -hmm. and passive and overwhelmed and racked with guilt and all of these things worry Worry. and And that's if you're aware right because there's right. a whole other part oh, where right. you don't even you don't even of, this is not even part of your going work on. right yeah, yeah it's but now imagine that your child goes to lean in on you and you have no backbone mm-hmm. your child isn't gonna find that you can hold the lean they're gonna actually just fall right through you right. flat on their face mm-hmm. and they're not signing up for that again so mm-hmm. that child similarly writes themselves oh my gosh. and moves away within the relationship mm-hmm. and oftentimes when david and i are speaking to um groups of people and there'll be you know husbands and wives co-parents in the room uh, and you'll you'll hear if we start with the firm side of the mountain the wife will be nudging the husband <laughs> I told you so or the other way around uh, but then we get to the point where you know both of you 
right. are actually it's the balance that is right. what we're trying to so within attain. each yeah. of you right. you must find your way back to the peak I of the mountain that. that makes so much sense and that's fact, how it goes not yeah. only the peak of the mountain but sometimes you need to exercise the other side of the mountain so um, like overcompensate almost uh yeah or just exercise the other part of us right mm. within you yes that's right. it you, cause you always cannot, you cannot yeah because you will over function uh in the relationship and then your children will not be able to lean right. because you over function in one side or the other what so. is the damage that is created in that dynamic within the child like what's what's well, happening inside them it's the hulk child right you ah. can't lean so you need to write yourself becoming independent and it's called an when you're alpha not complex. when you're not equipped yet right your brain right. right. children yeah. aren't supposed to yeah. be yeah. in the lead of right. themselves right. Right. and act actual actuality they need to be able to lean on their parent right. so the parent or is the in the lead and the child whoever, can right. be at rest right yeah. so the brain can actually grow instead mm -hmm. of whatever mm -hmm. the damage is doing to the right. brain right and if you think it's hard to grow children up anyways uh, try to grow a child up who's in the lead of you who's not attached impossible yeah. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. so so when I've experienced that when I've fallen down um, and this happened I don't know six months ago we were making brunch and and so Vanessa and I were busy getting something ready and um, we asked um, Max to uh, to get the condiments out so Max is like peanut butter like all he's got <laughs> eyes for is this giant jar of peanut, I just want peanut butter like, and he can't see anything else and I was like you know my daughter went to France and they put lemon juice and sugar on crepes it was bananas good can we try some of that and Max you can get that I can't I can't do that <laughs> he's just looking at the peanut butter and so I I get a little come on like you know we're doing this you right, blah, right. blah 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 and I see the eye roll, and then I look over at Vanessa's face. And it I was Max that was eye rolling. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> then I look at Vanessa's face, and I just see it like a smile. And I'm, I'm at the effect of it. We, we get through brunch, and, and then I'm still a little escalated because that's the human side of, of me. Of course. So then there's a, the perception of that mm -hmm. and the acceptance of that. And then we, we spoke about it afterwards, and she said, how did that go? Not very well. <laughs> what was going on well you just want you know I, and bless her she she just listened to me so i could get that off my mm. chest and then i i could feel the blood flow from my limbic system up to my cortex again right. i was becoming my right. adult self right. and i said oh yeah like i'm really uh, our relationship is really straining now and she said yeah i, I get that you know when when it's all about the rules mm -hmm. that could be the way um and so i thought well what i need to do is rather than my bully self, mm -hmm. I need to become and exercise more of my kind self. Right. So Vanessa the next day went to a parent-teacher interview with um, the father of her children. And uh, I picked up Max and it, he takes a long bus ride after school. And so I said, he's like 11 at the time, you know, hey, how about some uh, poutine? Mm. Oh, poutine. <laughs> but, and he's like, really? And I was like, yeah, there's a McDonald's oh, there. So and so we just went and had some junk food together and and he was just so touched he said thank you about 53 mm. times Aww. and then when he came home uh, he said can you remind uh, mom to sign my uh, communication book and I said well why don't you just put it on the counter and and she can so so you both remember 
And so I went off to do something, and he had had like 15 post-it notes around, <laughs> Dear Mom, this is your son, Maxwell, loves you very much. So and, responsible. Right? <laughs> and, and creative as oh, well. It yeah. was gorgeous. But he actually did what I told him to do, mm-hmm. and then some, mm-hmm. um, because we were in a relationship. Because now you would establish that That's connection right. Connection again. is high, yeah. and resistance would be low. Exactly. That is so amazing. Exactly. Wow. So, so it doesn't mean that I'm a jellyfish and have no boundaries. And I need to exercise the kind part of me in yeah. our relationship. He and I like to play guitars. We mm. go into the city. You have your own things yeah. that you bond over. That's yeah. right. And, yeah. and we have food, so we go find dumplings, and we do awesome. all of those things. And I notice that that the, the more that I balance the firm and the kind within me, mm-hmm. uh, within our relationship, um, how much easier everything goes. That's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know that's... I can I know for me it's helping Mm -hmm. for sure with our dynamic with my husband and our children so this is extremely helpful thank you I'm so happy that this worked out the way it did and you got to share this because this is amazing this is truly incredible Mm -hmm. thank you do you want to talk about where you fall down and no, do we have to do (laughs) 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 you know I'll tell you this one really quick story Um, I am like a I think this would be helpful for for sure for my husband because mm-hmm. he's the archetype of the, the one that wants to mm-hmm. make everyone's happy. Yeah. And again, he's not the only one. There's mm-hmm. m- millions or thousands, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, this would be helpful yeah. for sure. And so one of the things programmatically that's played out in my children's lives is that I, I seek to keep the peace. Uh-huh. Um, and sometimes that means that I'm erasing boundaries or almost um, like unconsciously forgetting routines Mm -hmm. so that you know i i don't have an eye on the clock and bedtime is coming and still you know he hasn't taken the recycling out which was his chore that evening Mm -hmm. you know i kind of let go of those things and part of it we could say is that i get distracted but i know that a big part of it is that i just don't want to stir the pot like could we just all have a peaceful evening (laughs) do we really need to talk about the things that are gonna upset us right right and so um david and i had been having this conversation because he is often the one that remembers those things Mm -hmm. which puts him in the perilous position really Mm -hmm. of being the constant reminder for maxwell of the things that he has to get done right so he has to be sort of the bad cop to my good cop if you will um and so he and i earlier in the afternoon well not even probably about an hour before that we'd been sitting on the couch discussing that Mm -hmm. and and I said to him you know I really feel like the relationship between you and Maxwell at times is is strained because you're the enforcer and he said to me and I was surprised by his answer and not entirely neutral in the moment (laughs) he said and I need to be the enforcer because you are not stepping up and I was initially could feel kind of I didn't say anything but I could feel this the like indignant part of me rising up Mm -hmm. you know like we don't want to we don't want to see that in about ourselves especially from the person that you know we're the closest to and the most intimate. Yeah, that would be me. That would right. be the enforcer. So yeah. But I knew I that the, that, that feeling inside of me didn't have anything to do with David. So that was my program. Mm-hmm. I worried that I was doing it wrong. Mm. I didn't want to be not good at this thing, right. Right? right? And so I sat with it within myself, and I worked myself to a relatively neutral state. Um, and we agreed that I was going to be more on it. So mm-hmm. I needed to sort of. Oh, 
functioned over on the firm side of right. the mountain a little bit more because right. I hadn't been doing that. And Bef- then, so, so sorry to interrupt. Your personal process, do you follow what David does with the piece or do you have a, something different? No, very similar. similar. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. And not yeah. that I'm in my head spelling piece out every right. single of time, course. but those are the steps. It to becomes my a habit, right? Well. Absolutely. The more you do it, it's like you just automatically your brain you go goes there. Yeah, yeah. And so not even an hour. So we had agreed that Maxwell needed to take the dogs out before dinner. Uh, and that it needed to happen by this certain time and that I was going to be the one that took care of all of that. And I absolutely forgot. Like I got busy. I was on my phone. I was thinking about dinner. I was doing all these things and I just didn't do it. And so Maxwell goes to slink by us on his way down to the basement, which means he's not going to do his chore of walking the dogs. And, And he goes right by me and David's like, are you going to say something? <laughs> and I was like, oh, snap. Like that, it actually, I laughed out loud. Mm-hmm. I was like, that is spectacular. Mm-hmm. Like the intensity of my programming around that is next level. It's So it's almost, I can have so much um, grace for myself in my own innocence, mm-hmm. knowing mm-hmm. like, wow, check it. Mm-hmm. I am spectacular at living my program. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, right? We're definitely good at that, right? And he had this gorgeous smile on his face where we could share this moment as co-parents without him being like, really? We talked about this an hour ago. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to do all the heavy lifting here? Yeah. And that's really my experience of that was when I said it, it wasn't like you need to do this. Can you? Can we just like come yeah, on? Yeah. Um, uh, initially, and then be honoring her experience of that, I could see the rise. And there, there might have been some words back and forth, but there was really just listening. And then in that moment where I reminded her, and I was just like, "Hey, Vanessa," and then she looked and looked around and like, <sighs> like not <laughs> ten minutes ago. And then we looked and we laughed together right. at that. Yeah. So the really, um, so that would be. Um, what I found not only with Vanessa but also co-parenting with the mother of my children is is to say what I need to say mm-hmm. and then I, again release, release, release right the back outcome. to surrender absolutely yeah. surrender That's to so action, important though. you still to, to the outcome speak your yeah. truth yeah. but not your truth yeah. is like you really need to right. your truth is like okay this is what I'm going to do you're honoring yourself by speaking absolutely. your truth and then or letting self, go not right? yeah That's right. exactly right. It. and so it's been um it doesn't mean that we don't fall down. We do fall down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't mean that we can't hold the space for each other. And occasionally, like if I think of the two and a half years that we've been together, I mean, maybe once in that time, I can think of a time where I had to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, sometimes you, you just bring light to a situation uh, and then surrender that. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll see what happens. Either right. way. Right. That's I think that's the the trust and the faith part just yeah. in the entire yeah. journey knowing that you're doing your part. That's mm-hmm. all you can do, right. right? And the rest you just, you know, give the will to Jesus or whatever analogy yes. you want right. to say, right? Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and just like trusting and having faith. Faith it till you make it. Right. I love that. I've never heard that before. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yes, mm-hmm. because that's everything I think on mm-hmm. this healing journey is just falling back to faith that when you're down is having that grace for yourself and for others, right? So that's yeah. wonderful. Thank yes. you for sharing that. It's not easy to uh, put yourself out there, so I appreciate and acknowledge you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, now, what? Uh, how do you present this work to people? Is it workshops? Is it? Are you writing a book together on this? Like, mm-hmm. what is the 
um, how do you bring this vision to life well, <laughs> in a practical this, sense? Let this book work its way. <laughs> right. Yeah. right from the start. Yeah. We offer workshops, so okay. Parenting 2.0 workshops, right. which are a full day experience that mm-hmm. um, we do uh, for parents. Is it um, just in Vancouver where you are? Or? So far, but we heard we're coming to hang out with you in Toronto Great. and do it with parents Amazing. here. So. <laughs> I love it. We also have um, started offering a once a year Parenting 2.0 Summit where we... Online. Yeah. Um, or actually, it's in person okay, so far, okay. uh, and we, you know, we get to meet so many incredible humans who are doing really spectacular work and who, who can share um, similar ideas, mm-hmm. concepts, things that are aligned with the Parenting 2.0 uh, approach. And so we get to invite other speakers in it. and share that once kind of day once yeah, a year yeah. so far. Yeah. Um, and uh, and we have, um, you know, talked loosely about the idea of a book. So. Um, so I think this would come. help so many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Um, is there any th- um, anything else that you want to add to um, just bringing this vision to life for people? Like if they really want to do this work, what is the practical tools? Like if they want, if they're not even, if they haven't walked through the gateway, so mm-hmm. to speak, what can they do? What? How do you start this? You know, I think the biggest thing is <clears throat> most of us think when we're young and we're having children that our life is going to work if we line up these external things mm-hmm. if we meet the right person and we live in the right house and we have the right job and and parent in the right ways mm-hmm. that everything's going to work out and um i i don't think that that's the case and i don't even think that we honestly believe that we mm-hmm. just kind of numb you right. know red wine and netflix at right. the end of the day because yeah, it's easier oh, to numb than to have absolutely. to look at stuff oh. and do work yeah. who in wants sa- to do in more some work ways. Yeah. Yeah. right in the short term <laughs> yes that's exactly yeah mm-hmm. and yeah. brene brown said you know i've yeah. experienced many wake up calls um, uh, but i've hit the snooze button mm. and so i would i would just ask uh, if, if something was coming up for me, mm-hmm. if I had a panic attack, right. okay, what's going on there? Right. What, what is what's it? the that, root? Like, what is, right. what's really going on on the surface? Right. That's yeah. right. So ask questions yeah. of what's happening. And when happening. the yeah. uh, pebbles come, right. listen, you, they don't need to be. You don't want the boulder. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so, yeah. so um, lean in. Right. So become aware of what's going on. Like, just yeah. start to ask questions. That's great. Ask, yeah. Ask. What's really happening? Investigate. Yeah. Thank you. That's a great starting point. You know, I would say all of it's a story. Mm-hmm. So if you if you don't like the story, if you if it's not working for you, then choose a new one. Right. And make it be one with a happy ending. Mm-hmm. David and I went l- to listen to Eckhart Tolle speak in Vancouver a couple of years ago, and he said, um, "You live in Vancouver, where it rains nine months of the year." Mm-hmm. So you can wake up every morning and look out your window and say, right. it's raining, it's so dreary, right. I hate victim, it. Right? That All of this, attitude. story, yeah. story, right. story. Right. Or you can wake up every morning and look out your window and say, oh, look, water is falling from the sky. The earth is drinking, right? The earth is drinking. <laughs> right. Showers of blessings, right? Right, and so all of it's a story. It's you create yeah. your experience yeah. in this journey right. called your life right. based on the story yeah. that you decide to make real. Yes. That's so if you meaning. don't like your story, yeah. just choose a different one. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you both of you for your time. For again, really um, 
showing up for yourselves and for the work that you're doing in the world. I really, truly acknowledge you mm. and appreciate you for that. And it's been truly an honor and a pleasure to spend time with you and to um, allow you, give you the space to um, share from your heart. Think, thank, thank you so you. much. It's thank been wonderful. You. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. If you are still here, thank you for listening to this episode to the very end. I appreciate you so very much. And I really hope that you enjoyed this conversation and you took um, a lot out of it as I did because, you know, they were both David and Vanessa were so gracious and so honest and so authentic in sharing their personal journeys and their struggles and their challenges and you know, their processes, their of doing their inner work. So I really, truly hope that you got a lot out of it as I know I did. So if you listen to this episode and you're still here, I would love it if you would take a screenshot and share with me on Instagram. I would love to connect with you there and discuss um, more of, on what you what your takeaways were. You know, share with me, you know, what resonated, what kind of touched your heart, what are you taking away, what did you gain from this episode and everything that was shared. And also if you know, if this was helpful to you, I would absolutely love it if you would share it with your loved ones, you know, pick two to three people that are either parents now or are hoping to become in the future and share this conversation with them because it can be so, so helpful, um, you know, being prepared for the challenges of parenting uh, journey. And also, I would love it if you are, if it's your first time listening and you're not subscribed yet, you know, we're so, so brand new. So I would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast and also take a moment to leave a review. It would be so, so helpful because reviews really help the podcast to become discoverable on iTunes and any other um you know, podcast listening apps that you choose. So I would really, really, truly appreciate that. That's kind of one small way that you can um, uh, show that um, you're here. And for me to, I would just be so grateful. So thank you again for listening. I appreciate you guys very, very much. And until next time, stay conscious. <laughs> <laughs>